fantasy football fans, this is Jeff Powers, senior writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and we're going to help you get ready for week 10 of the fantasy football season. Before I get to my interview with Curtis Guzman, I wanted to tell you about our fantasy football face-off games here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. These fantasy football face-off games are an 18-team tournament without a draft. You can pick any player you want on your team each week, but you can only pick that player once, so there's a strategy to this. If you win, you advance. It only lasts three weeks, and you have a chance to win a good amount of money. You can get in one of our $20 leagues, a $50 league, or a $100 league, and there's different price points for our winners in each of those leagues. It's an 18 tournament, and it's a way to get in another fantasy football league before the season is out. I highly encourage you to get in one this week. Just go to rtsports.com and click on the Fantasy Football Face-Off link on the page. You can sign up for a league today in any of those three different price points at real-time fantasy sports. Just go to rtsports.com and play Fantasy Football Face-Off. And now, here's my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I'm joined now by Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Curtis joins me once again, and we're going to help you get ready for week 10 of the fantasy football season. Curtis, thanks so much for being on once again. I'm proud. Glad to be here. So, Curtis, we always talk about the good stuff and, you know, all the – we don't always dwell on the bad stuff, but I want to hit in – hit on some of the bad stuff to start off our interview here. I want to ask you, who are some of the fantasy players that have really frustrated you this year? Guys that have really kind of drove you crazy when you're setting your lineups or just, you know, have lived up to expectations or either just have an erratic play. You got anybody like that sticking out to you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got a pretty large list of those players, but trying to narrow it down. Uh, one of the first ones that comes to mind is uh, running back Jay Ajayi. Uh, obviously, the big news is uh, he was just traded to Philadelphia and had his first game last week. So with the Dolphins, uh, he had zero rushing touchdowns in only two games over 100 yards. And then he gets traded to the Eagles. Uh, I, my expectation was that he'd probably get very little workload if, if he was even active at all. Well, obviously, he was active. And then goes and gets take carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. So... Uh, I benched him in two leagues. That was frustrating, and, and he's disappointed overall. I mean, I think there was kind of high expectations, even when we knew Ryan Tannehill would be out early in the season. We figured they'd lean on the run game, and he was disappointing all the way up until uh, his first game with the Eagles. So I don't, I don't really know what to expect. I guess he's trending up, uh, but he is competing with touches uh, for, with uh, LeGarrette Blunt, Corey Clement. So I can't can't say he's a clear cut number running number one running back yet, but um, hopefully he improves. And then another guy who stands out to me is wide receiver Julio Jones. Uh the number twelve wide receiver overall right now, so that's not bad, but not quite living up to that, you know, first round draft status that I'm sure, you know, most leagues, you know, well, that's where they got him at. So he only had two games over hundred yards, just one touchdown. Consistently binged up. Uh, he didn't practice yesterday. Um I anticipate that he does play um this week, but there's just overall concerns about the Falcons offense. This clearly isn't the same offense that we saw last year. Uh, I don't take a lot of deep shots, and it doesn't seem they're maybe as creative with getting Julio out of the ball. I'll give you a running back and receiver as well for my frustrating players for this year. Uh, one guy that's really kind of 
frustrated me is T.Y. Hilton with the Colts. Uh, he has three games with 150-plus receiving yards, so we know his potential there, but he has other games where he just has done nothing. He's had several games with less than 30 yards, so he's been a really frustrating player for me. And, you know, you got to really look at the quarterback situation there and attribute a lot of that to a lot of his erratic play to that. But still, Jacoby Brissett hasn't been terrible, so I, I, I was just hoping for a little more consistency from Hilton. Maybe last week we'll get him going. We'll see. Uh, another guy for me is Derrick Henry with the Titans. I really expected big things from him this year, but he's played second fiddle to DeMarco, Furry or DeMarco Murray early in the year. And even the last two weeks, he's kind of had a more expanded role, but he's, he's had less than 30 rushing yards each of the last two games, despite having 21 carries. And I just have expected more from him this year. The entire Titans offense has kind of disappointed me to to be honest with you. Maybe they'll get going going forward, but Derrick Henry's been a, a very frustrating player for me. I just expected a lot more consistency out of him in that run-friendly offense, and that just hasn't been the case at all this year. And on the flip side, one one team that's really impressed me, Curtis, this year has been the Jets. I just wanted to ask you, do you really believe in their passing game right now? Do you think these guys are legit fantasy plays, guys like Josh McCown and Robbie Anderson and Austin Safarian Jenkins? Are these guys for real? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I, I too have been impressed with the Jets overall. Uh, I guess in general, I would say yes, I'm a believer. But you start breaking it down into individual pieces, and it get, it could just gets a little tricky. Now, with quarterback Josh McCown, uh, he's number 14 quarterback right now. Uh, he's pretty consistent. He only has one game over 300 yards, uh, one game with three passing touchdowns, but he takes care of the football overall. Uh, he has 70 percent completion, which is very good. Sneaky runner, has three rushing touchdowns, so he's definitely serviceable, you know, if you need to fill it on bye weeks or, or you're one of the guys who had uh, lost Deshaun Watson, uh, he's definitely someone that you can turn to. So I like him, but then you look at you know, other players, such as Robbie Anderson, um, big play threat, he has a touchdown in each of his last three games, uh, overall in the season, 31 receptions, uh, 483 yards and four touchdowns, so seems like he's turning up. He's definitely had a couple big weeks, but on the opposite side, you have Jermaine Kirst, who seems to be falling. Uh, he doesn't have any more than two catches in each of his last three games. Similar numbers overall. Again, also 31 receptions, about 100 less yards, but four touchdowns. Um, and I don't know that one favors the other overall. And then you have Austin Severian Jenkins. Uh, he had a nice stretch there, weeks five through seven. He had a touchdown in each of those, in each of those games. But in these past two games, he doesn't have any more than 28 uh, total yards. And you look at the remaining schedule for the Jets, five of the next seven games come against defenses ranked in the top ten against opposing tight ends. So putting all this together, you know, you add the running backs, uh, Forte and Powell, they're both nice receiving options out of the passing game. But I don't know that any one Jet besides Josh McCown gets enough volume overall to, to be a worthy, I guess, consistent uh, fantasy starter. There are probably nice flex plays depending on the matchup and, you know, if you have bye weeks. But if if you're asking me to just pick one relevant fantasy player, I think it's only Josh McCown for me. Yeah, I would – I'm like you. I would kind of temper my expectations with this Jets passing game. But the only thing I'm encouraged by is the fact that Jets – they just don't run the ball very well. Forte and Powell both have done very little all year. And they're going to keep throwing the ball and keep giving McCown chances. And I think all these guys, the guys that we mentioned, McCown and Anderson and Safari and Jenkins, are all good streaming plays. I, 
I guess out of all of them, I, I might trust Safari Jenkins the most just because even though he doesn't get the yards like you mentioned, he gets the catches. He has five-plus receptions five different times this year, four different times this year, I'm sorry, but he has multiple catches every game. So even though he doesn't get the yards and the big yardage numbers, he's still getting the catches. So out of all those guys, I think I might trust him the most and use McCown more as a matchup play. And Anderson, I still think Anderson's going to be good and have a couple of big games as well, but he might disappear some weeks because, as you mentioned, he's more of a big play threat in that offense, not really a chain, uh, move-the-chains type receiver. So that's how I feel about the Jets passing situation. I wanted to move on to running backs now. Two different running back situations. I wanted to first ask you about Miami. Uh, out of those two backs, Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake, who who do you want to own out of those two going forward? Yeah, that's a tough question. Um Look at uh, previous week, last week for both of them, Kenyon Drake, nine carries for 69 yards, and then six receptions for 35 yards and a fumble loss. Uh, for Damian Williams, he had seven carries for only 14 yards, but did have uh, six receptions for 47 yards and a receiving touchdown. So last game and throughout the course of the season, Kenyon Drake's been a little more productive on the ground, whereas Damian Williams has been a little more productive uh, in the passing game. So... If you're asking me to pick one, I'd probably give a slight edge to Kenyon Drake, um, but it's close, especially in PPR formats, which mo- most leagues are nowadays. Uh, Damian Williams is right up there with uh, his ability in the passing game. So, I mean, the committee approach that I'm sure the Dolphins will probably continue to use throughout the rest of the season just kind of uh, dampens the value for both of them uh, combined, but uh, they're both serviceable, uh, potentially. You know, last week was encouraging, given the Dolphins' offensive struggles previous weeks. Yeah, I'm like you. I kind of favor Drake out of the out of the two backs. Uh, I actually think Drake's a pretty good pass catcher as well, and he'll get some chances in the passing passing game. While I just don't feel Williams is a great between the tackles runner, not an ideal running back to you know carry the load. I think he's going to help in the passing game, but I think Drake's more of the complete back, so. If they're splitting work, I think Drake has a little more upside because I think he'll still get the catches as well as doing well between the tackles. So I give Drake a slight edge over Williams as well, and I I think they could both be serviceable plays, like you said, as flex plays or streaming options going forward. And in the same boat is Green Bay. So this past week, they pretty much split the work at running back with Ty Montgomery doing the third down duties and Aaron Jones serving as the early down back for the offense, and it seems like that's what they want to do going forward. So I'll ask you the same question about these guys. So it's going to be a timeshare going forward. Who do you want out of the two uh, for your team? Yeah, again, it is close uh, given the approach that they're using. Um, Aaron Jones has definitely been more productive on the ground. He has um, 67 carries for 358 yards, three rushing touchdowns, and he's done this in three less games in Montgomery, so he's already surpassed them in rushing touchdowns and rushing yardage. Uh, Montgomery is the uh, better receiving option. He has uh, 21 receptions, 159 yards, and a receiving touchdown. So it's kind of it's consistency versus big playability. You're probably going to see Montgomery get more snaps uh, given his receiving ability, given his ability to pass block and and probably think the Packers will be playing behind more often than not. Um, but Jones is definitely the better running back overall. He has the big game potential. And so 
I guess it depends on your roster and, and what you're looking for, but I probably like Aaron Jones a little more. He just he has those big games. Um, he's already shown, you know, two or three big games, I believe, this season. And while he might be matchup dependent, I, I like his overall upside. Yeah, I'm like you. I like Jones as well. Like you said, he's had two big games. He's had 200 yard rushing games, and he has three touchdowns in, in five games this year overall. I know last week was a disaster, but I just don't like that passing game at all. So even if, you know, Montgomery's getting some chances in the passing game and he's serving as a third down back, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into production with Brett Hundley as their starting quarterback. So I just have more faith in Jones. He's the goal line back. I think they're going to try to make a concerted effort to run the ball going forward since they're not passing well. I know Mike McCarthy still wants to throw the ball, but after the last couple games, he should probably really think think more about uh, carrying the load with his running backs and Aaron Jones going forward. So I think Jones is the guy that I trust more in that offense the rest of the way. So now let's talk about week 10 a little bit, Curtis. Uh, First thing I want to ask you about is some streaming options. I know it's not a terrible week for buys. We do have four teams on a buy, though, and some other injuries to deal with. So give me a couple streamers for this week for fantasy teams. Yeah, so uh, kind of maybe knock out one in each position um, for quarterback. If you need a quarterback, I'm losing Alex Smith and Carson Wentz uh, on the buy. So I like Blake Bortles um, against the Chargers. He's thrown for over 240 yards in each of his last three games. And one of those games actually threw for over 300 yards. So um, he's definitely getting more comfortable in the offense. You look at his first five games, he only had one game over 240 yards. So you can definitely see growth in him understanding the playbook and the options. Uh, one of the biggest knocks on Bortles in previous seasons, obviously, has been his interceptions. Well, he only has five interceptions all season. So uh, he's definitely been taking care of the football. Uh, Leonard Fournette's returning this week, it seems like. So, yeah, still going to rely on the run game first. It's going to be a run team. But, you know, if you, if you need an option, I think Blake Bortles can be serviceable this week. Uh, Look at running backs, uh, like Orleans Darkwood for the New York Giants. Uh, they face the 49ers, and the 49ers are dead last against the running, opposing running backs. So, Darkwood is continuing to see a uh, lead with the Giants running backs in snaps and touches. In the last four games, he actually averages over five yards carry, so that's pretty good. Um, Giants struggle overall, but against the 49ers, you think it stays close. It could be an opportunity for the Giants to get away with a win, so I like to think they probably try to uh, stay on the ground a little more. Uh, receiving guy, uh, like uh, wide receiver James Crowder uh, for the Redskins. A couple things to watch there. Crowder's been limited in practice with a hamstring injury. Seems like he's on track to play. Um, so keep an eye on the status, though. And at the same time, you might want to keep an eye on tight end Jordan Reed's status for the Redskins. Uh, he's practiced, but he doesn't maybe see him as far as long as Crowder. So, you know, if Crowder's a go and, and Jordan Reed's a not, that, that obviously goes well for Crowder um, and should get some underneath looks. It's a tough matchup against the Vikings, but, you know, with the pass rush that the Vikings have, I think Cousins tries to get the ball quick, and that's where Crowder comes into play there. Uh, then last but not least, as a tight end uh, for Buffalo, Charles Clay's returning. He's missed the past three games with uh, after coming back from arthroscopic knee surgery. So um, before those three games, he had really solid numbers. He, he obviously has always had chemistry with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, he's still ranked in the top 20 overall in tight end, so it shows you the production he had before he missed. Uh, yes, the Bills did add Kelvin Benjamin, but I think he's still, even though he sounds like he'll be active this week, 
you know, Benjamin, you would think he needs more time to get Heckman in the offense. And um, just given the overall volatility of the tight end position, I think Charles Clay is probably a good play, not only for this week, but going forward if, if he's still available in your leagues. So you you stole one of my streaming options, Curtis, but I I had Arlene's Dark War on my list as well for streamers. I liked him a lot because 49ers, as you said, they're not very good against the run. They were just torched by Adrian Peterson last week, and they ranked dead last against the run now. But So I'll uh, pivot, and I'll go another direction. I'll, I'll say Rex Burkhead of the Patriots. I like him as a streaming option. His last time out, he had seven catches for 68 yards, and he has averaged seven touches his la- each of his last two games when since he's been back in the lineup from his injury. So I like Burkhead. I think he's a good streaming play. He'll get his catches, and he'll get a couple carries as well, and that's a very good offense. I know they're playing the Broncos, but the Broncos are a complete mess right now on both sides of the ball. So I actually think Burkhead will do well in that matchup. I think he's a good streamer. Another guy I'll give you is uh, wide receiver Adam Humphreys from Tampa Bay. Mike Evans is suspended, we know, because of that cheap shot he did last week. And Humphreys is going to get a chance for a bigger role in the passing game. He has at least four receptions, four games already this year. So he's getting his work to begin with. And now with Evans out of the lineup, I think he'll get more chances. And the uh, Bucks play the Jets this week, who allow the six most fantasy points to receivers for the season. So those are those are a few guys that I like as streamers this week. Curtis, you gave us a lot as well. So that's good, good, good info for our listeners there. And how about some uh, hot plays, some must starts for Week Ten? of this season, uh, Curtis. Yeah, so uh, starting off quarterback, I like Matthew Stafford uh, against Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland gives up the seventh most points against quarterback. So look at Stafford over the past three games. He has over 300 yards in each of those games and five total passing touchdowns. Um, he's definitely been looking good. Uh, and you take away that one crazy game against the Saints where he had two tip, uh, passes for intercept, uh, interceptions, he only has one other interception all year besides that game. So he's taking care of the football. Uh, you're throwing in the offense, watching the Monday night game. The Lions absolutely dismantled the Packers on their own home field. So I definitely expect more of the same being at home against the Browns. Uh, then I like running back Carlos Hyde uh, against the Giants. Uh, Carlos Hyde's quietly putting together a pretty good season. He's number 11 overall in running backs. At least four receptions in the past four games, and he's coming off a season high nine receptions last week against the Cardinals. So that's great for him. He's an every down back. He can stay on the field. Uh, he's one of the few bright spots remaining left on the 49ers offense, given that Peter Garcon obviously uh, hit IR, and then tight end George Kettle has been ruled out for this week. I'll give you a couple hot plays as well, Howard. How about uh, Bears? Uh, Curtis, I'm sorry, I said his name already. I'll give you Bears running back Jordan Howard. Really liked him a lot. I know people were scared early in the season when Tariq Cohen had his quick start to the year, but Howard's really established himself as the number one every down back for the Bears. He has 100-yard gains, two of his last three, and at least 18 carries, six straight gains. So he's getting a lot of work. It's a run-first offense. They play the Packers this week. Green Bay allows the fifth-most fantasy points to running backs, and they rank 23rd overall against the run. And last week, they had a really hard time containing Amir Abdullah from Detroit, who had done next to nothing all year. So I think that really bodes well for Howard to have a big week in Week 10. I like him a lot. Another guy I'll give you for hot play must start is Rams receiver Robert Woods. Never thought I would say that, but that's how I feel about him this week. He has at least four receptions, four straight games, and five receptions three of those games. He scored his first touchdowns of the season last week. That was really the only thing holding him back. 
from good overall fantasy numbers was his lack of scores, but he found the end zone last week. And now he plays the Texans this week, who are 21st against the pass, and they've allowed 16 passing touchdowns on the season, so I wouldn't be surprised if Woods finds the end zone once again in Week 10. We talked about some streaming plays a couple minutes ago, Curtis, and I know sleepers are very similar to that, but how about a couple sleepers uh, for Week 10, guys different from your streamers? Sure. Uh, So uh, starting off, I like running back Kevin Coleman against the Cowboys. The Cowboys ranked 21st against opposing running backs. I want to keep an eye on Devontae Freeman. He has been a little banged up. He was limited earlier this week. Sounds like he was a full participant uh, today in practice, so I think he's on track to play. But regardless of the Freeman situation, Coleman's been pretty consistent. He's in the top 20, uh, 25 running backs. He has at least nine or more fantasy points in all but one game. I like to think that, you know, I guess I'm being optimistic, but I like to think the offense are going to try to be more creative. Um, and they've obviously struggled. So Coleman's just a great option that you can move all over the field. And uh, I think this could be a good matchup for him. And then another uh, play I like as a sleeper possibly is wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster for the Steelers. Uh, probably one of the most popular way rides two weeks ago, coming off that huge game against Detroit where he had seven catches, nearly 200 yards, and a touchdown. Not saying he's going to have that. Um, and wide receiver Martavis Bryant does return. But I don't expect Brian to have a huge role. I think this is Smith-Schuster's role going forward as a number two receiver behind Antonio Brown. Uh, they have an extra week of prep coming off the bye and against a pretty bad uh, Colts defense. They rank 25th against opposing wide receivers. So I think he's a pretty good play. I'm assuming a lot of teams probably own him. But if you're unsure to start him or not, he could be a pretty good flex play this week. I'll give you a couple QBs for my sleepers for this week. First one. It's a really deep sleeper, deep sleeper, so bear with me here. But my first sleeper is Tom Savage with Houston. I think if he's ever going to have a big week to help fantasy teams, it might be this week. They're playing the Rams, who have just been torching everyone. They're the highest-scoring team in the league, and the Texans are not very good defensively right now, especially their secondary, as I mentioned with my Robert Woods recommendation. So I think the Texans could be playing from behind early, and this could lead to a lot more pass attempts for Savage. And the Rams' defense, they've, their overall numbers look good, but they've allowed two games with 30-plus 30 30 points. They've had some very, very favorable matchups, and that's really helped their overall numbers. So I think their defense can be had, especially through the air. So I would not be surprised if Tom Savage gets a lot of chances and gets a lot of points in garbage time this week. So he's someone I would consider if you're really, really looking for QB help this week. Another QB, though, who I like a little more than Savage is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's starting because James Winston's shut down for a couple weeks because of his shoulder issues, and he plays the Jets. They're 19th against the pass. They've allowed the sixth most fantasy points to QBs. Bucks can't run the ball at all. Doug Martin had a terrible game last week. They like to throw the ball. I know Mike Evans is out, but I still think they're going to throw off, and I think Fitzpatrick will have a good showing in this matchup. So he's another guy I would consider for Week 10. And now I want to talk about cold plays. Give me a couple guys that you're thinking about benching this week, Curtis. Yeah, I mean, you already touched on them. I was thinking about adding them to my list of frustrating players. I'm glad you did. The wide receiver, too, I held I mean, it's been so frustrating this year. You know, every time I think about dropping him, he has that big game coming off a huge game against Houston with the five receptions, 175 yards, and two touchdowns. But kind of as you mentioned, 
only has three games over 100 yards, three receiving touchdowns total, and there's been so many other games where he's been almost non-existent. So I expect that to kind of continue this week against Pittsburgh. Uh, they're one of the best defenses in the league, number two against the close on my receivers, so don't expect you to find a lot of room. Um, and then for my second, I'm going to kind of combo it up. But with, uh, the Chargers, basically Philip Rivers and uh, wide receiver Keenan Allen. Uh, the Jaguars, also really good defense. They're number one against both quarterbacks and receivers. So uh, Philip Rivers, he struggled a little bit. He, he struggled against the bad Patriots defense last week, and if you want to kind of compare their matchup um, against the Broncos, you know, Broncos also have a very good pass defense. He only had 15 completions and under 200 yards in that game. So he was kind of safe with two touchdowns, but you can't always count on that. So I'm worried about Rivers, and I'm worried about Keenan Allen as well. Keenan Allen's been consistent. He's on pace for over 1,000 yards, but he only has one touchdown this season. So I don't expect a big game from him. Uh, with the emergence of Melvin Gordon, the running game overall, and then the other receiving options they have, I just I don't think he's going to be um, reliable this week. I think he's a, probably a good low and number one most weeks, but this week I'd I slide him down a little bit in my rankings. So our listeners will clearly see that uh, we do not talk about our picks for these questions beforehand because I had both Keenan Allen and T.Y. Hilton as my cold pledge for this week. Uh, I, I do not like Allen at all as well. And Hilton, like you said, you've made some good points about him as well. And Allen, you know, he plays the Jaguars. their first overall against the pass, and they allow the fewest fantasy points to receivers for the season. So I would just steer clear of him as well, like you said. But I'll think outside the box a little bit here, and I'll say Drew Brees. I would just temper my expectations for him this week. He's playing Buffalo, who's been very good against the pass much of the season. And Brees really hasn't been – outstanding. He has just one three-touchdown game, and he has three touchdowns his last three games. So he's kind of been, you know, a little bit cooler for fantasy teams, especially with the Saints running the ball uh, a lot more since that trade of Adrian Peterson's. They've relied on Kamara and uh, Ingram a lot more. So I think Breeze could have a down showing for his standards against the Bills on the road in Week 10. So those are my cold plays. I don't like Hilton as well, Keenan Allen, and Drew Breeze. Curtis, great stuff. I hope uh, you have great luck in all your games this week, and thanks a lot for being on once again. Absolutely. Talk to you soon, Jeff. All right. Thanks, Curtis. And that was my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Curtis for helping everyone get ready for Week 10 of the fantasy football season. And I want to wish you a lot of luck in all your fantasy football games this week, and hopefully you come out on the winning end. This has been Jeff Power, Senior Writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone.